Hi, Janet. Hi. It's Hello, been a while. It's been a couple of years. It's absolutely so. It has. The summer has gone, and here we are. It's very autumnal, isn't it? Well, down. I have been. I have travelled far and wide since we last spoke. I have taken four flights, uh, and I now have to <laughs> let the cat out. Which you know, let the cat being let out as part of the podcast. <laughs> Well, it's not quite like my chickens. They, I just have to keep them, the doors closed at the moment because they just want to come in all the time. See, but animals are behaving part of like our lives. I know. <laughs> so I've been on four planes in three countries and we were going to talk about, compare and contrast different COVID rules, regulations, norms, um, when we decided to organise this podcast. But then something happened. Something, um, well, the news sort of exploded, really, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it you or somebody who said to me, I think it was the lady we're about to hear from, who said that it was, in a strange way, it was like watching a pantomime because you had the reporters from TV Canarias doing their piece to camera. So they're, start, they're talking to the camera and behind them there's a mountain and suddenly the camera guy goes, look behind you, as the mountain <laughs> exploded. I put that as a as an update on uh, the post on my website, that it's a journalist lot sometimes to stand and wait for the news to break that you know is coming because yeah. the, this eruption of the new volcano in the Cumbre Vieja part of La Palma, everybody has known this is coming because as we'll hear Barbara explain, they've been monitoring this very closely since tremors resumed um, significant activity last October. So they yeah. knew this was coming. This has been a year in the making. So they knew this was coming. And over the last week, there has been significant increase in tremor. And so, of course, with the anticipation and science measurements showing what was happening, they sent news crew over. And it is Sod's law, isn't it? I mean, the news teams are saying this is historic footage, and it is historic footage. It's the it first time, apparently, they've had a live volcanic eruption on Spanish TV ever. Yeah. And it was our volcanic eruption day before yesterday in, uh, in, in La Palma. In La but Palma. they were actually facing the camera and away from it at the time. And there was this person saying, it's behind you, it's behind you. <laughs> and what? yesterday, I, I, there was some discussion already yesterday about what this one should be called. And one of the names, there's a Guanche name being suggested called Yadei, J-E-D-E-Y, um, yes. which is which nice. Is the area specifically where yeah. the first vent appeared, I think. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's explain all that in a minute because I mean, what we don't have is a new cone of a volcano. If people who don't know the island are thinking that that's what's happened. There a fissure, two fissures I think have opened up and there are now 10, Bocas, ten mouths where the lava is flowing out. But yes. let's let's listen. Let me explain to people who don't know if they can hear helicopters flying overhead. This is what's happening in the Canary Islands right now. Uh, a a long-standing contact of mine, another journalist called Barbara Belt, is based in La Gomera, and Barbara's a roving reporter, as as are we all in a sense. Um, certainly at times like this. So Barbara uh, went to La Palma yesterday. As, uh, on a press pass. Um, now we knew that we wouldn't be able to bring her live into the podcast or because of where she is, she's traveling. So I spoke to her about an hour ago 
and um, we're going to listen to what she had to tell me. She is at ground zero. So let's have a listen to what Barbara has to say. Barbara, you arrived onto the island of La Palma last night. Um, what were your first visual impressions? And also, was there a sense of panic on the ground or a sense of, of acceptance? Certainly from what I'm reading, there seems to be a sense of this is a natural disaster. There was nothing we could do to avoid it. So now we have to think about what happens next. Is, is that what you're feeling on the ground or what is what was your gut reaction when you landed? Morning, Cleo. Um, arriving on the island, just um, anticipation and a certain amount of um, nervousness on the part of everybody. The, the ferry had a lot of big army vehicles in it and Red Cross vehicles and there were people coming back to La Palma. But of course you're on the other side of the island then you're coming in at Santa Cruz de La Palma. Um, I had to drive because the tunnel was closed then, um, right over the top past the, the Roque de los Muchachos, where the astrophysical observatory is. And um, it wasn't until really I got to this side of the island, to the west coast of the island, that there was any kind of sense of foreboding or of um, worry or of really any indication that anything was going on. The, the, the part of the island that I came across beforehand was nothing to do with anything. It was as if nothing was going on. There were no signs of anything. It was eerily quiet, in fact. Once I got close to the, the volcano, the, the lava flows now, then the whole, the whole thing changed completely. Um, there, were, there was lots of traffic, people who had either been evacuated or had come from, from the other parts of the island or elsewhere to sea were parked along the roads. There was a big press presence. And the sight of it, Cleo, was extraordinary. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll leave that for later. Absolutely extraordinary. And it, a very loud noise. Um, which has diminished a bit now because I've taken shelter. I'm pretty close now, but I've taken shelter to, to speak to you. Um, and then, yes, then talking to people, I spoke to some people who had been evacuated and they didn't know if their houses still existed or not. The whole situation had changed because the um, lava flows, the first lava flow that came down and they're six metres high, has solidified to a certain extent. So what happened was that as the others came, as the other vents opened and, and the lava came down, it couldn't get past the barrier that was put up by the, the solidified flow and it deviated. Uh, and so instead of finding the lowest point, it was all running nicely down towards the coast, down a barranco, and it was all to be very easily predicted um, but suddenly things went badly uh, awry because two lava flows that came from either side couldn't get past the central one, couldn't, couldn't carry on and went off to the side. So the, the flows have widened now and the, the possible danger area has extended quite a lot. Having said that, I have to say that there is an extraordinary, an extraordinary sense of how everything is totally, as much as it can be, a volcano under control in terms of traffic, in terms of people who have been evacuated, <clears throat> in terms of people's perspective of what's going on. Nobody is saying, oh, this is a disaster. What are we going to do? There's nobody here to help us. 
everybody that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to a lot, to a lot of people now, feels very, very satisfied and happy with, uh, as, as much as you can be in this situation if your house is at risk, with the civil authorities, with the arrangements that have been made, nothing seems to, nobody's angry. Uh, people are sad, people are devastated when they've found out that they've lost their houses, but there is no sense of despair, we're in this on our own, quite the reverse. I've had people ask me, am I scared? Because I'm in Tenerife. Uh, now you've traveled from La Gomera to La Palma because you're a reporter, um, but also because I think, like many of us, there is a, a, a magnetic attraction sometimes connected to natural disasters that we need to see what the earth is doing. How do you feel, Barbara? What's your personal feeling standing there watching this lava flow? Um, and, and what does it say about the Canary Islands too? Are we reminding people, is, is the earth reminding us that these are not dead volcanoes, that we are living among dormant but potentially active volcanoes? I just wondered how you felt personally being there. Well, Cleo, that's, um, that's an extremely important question. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and you're absolutely right, um, even if I hadn't been working for this, I would have felt a great attraction to come anyway, because this is an, an extraordinary event. How many times in our lives are we close to an erupting volcano? And um, I have to tell you that when I arrived at the point that I was at last night, I slept actually in the car last night because it was too late to, to find anywhere. And I was very close and I had a fantastic view. And I was just, all the little hairs on the arms stand up. Um, my extraordinary feeling, absolutely extraordinary feeling. You are in the presence of something which is so much bigger than any little puny thing that uh, humanity can come up with. And it's quite, um, it's, it's very, very humbling, very humbling. And it is beautiful. That's, I think, the overwhelming thing. I found it absolutely beautiful. The whole thing was just like a beautiful uh, lumiere, what are they called, those things? That's light and sound show, you know, which I, I took it upon myself to think, yes, this is, this is for you, Barbara, which, of course, is ridiculous, um, but absolutely incredible. And in terms of um, what the effect is on everybody else, well, here we are living in a volcanic zone. It always has been. Um, since its creation, that's how it was created. You've got um, La Palma, which geologically is the adolescent, if you like, of the islands, and El Hierro, which is the baby. They're still erupting, as adolescents do. Um, we've got older remains on other islands where you can go and fry your egg or whatever on the steam coming out of the vents on the eastern islands. But in terms of the, the magma actually breaking through the crust and, and showing us what it's what we've got down there. Really, we're talking these days about El Hierro and La Palma. They seem to be taking it in turns. Um, I think that there is a tendency to, to forget. Um, we won't forget for a long while after this, obviously. Um, there are questions that probably need asking about where should people build. Um, I was talking to, um, I was having, I, I admit to you, I was having a brandy and a coffee kickstart breakfast this morning with um, a lecturer of architecture. 
and he'd been he was on call because he was being asked about um, should we change our building methods if we're near um, uh, risk zones? And he said, well, quite frankly, there's, there's nothing you can build that will withstand, you know, uh, a lava flow coming down on it. Um, you've probably seen some of the images of houses just sort of disintegrating like matchwood. Um, there's not very much that we can do. And it is also, or it has until now, been very difficult to, to predict exactly where. One of the things I think that has come out of, of uh, this episode now, and it's on the back of the El Hierro um, undersea eruptions 10 years ago now, is that the, the technology and the expertise you know, for monitoring and for interpreting as far as the volcanologists are concerned um, is just extraordinary. I mean, they had this one absolutely pinpointed. Um, yeah, they had it really nailed. I mean, it was extraordinary. If you think about what we, the information that we've been getting, the um, everything was fairly quiet, wasn't it, until I think 2017 here after um, the 71 volcano things subsided and subdued and whatever else. Then I think it was 2017 that there started to be more seismic movement, but it was last October where it really all um, hotted up, probably quite literally, and they became far more frequent. And since October mm, 20, there's been um, a procedure of following this and mapping it, which has been absolutely extraordinary. I mean, you could almost say to the day, okay, that's going to blow tomorrow or the next day or whenever, you know, the, it was the, the increase in the number of earth movements, of earth tremors. It was the magnitude of them and probably more importantly, it was the increasingly, increasing lack, sorry, of depth. You know, they came up very close to the surface. Um, and so I think that possibly now, um, on the back of that, and with the, the increased um, technology and expertise in interpreting what we've got, it will perhaps be more possible in the future for people to say, uh, to be advised, or for the local authorities, for the cabildos to say, okay, everybody, stay away from, you know, X grid, X stage, because um, the volcanic activity is, is uh, hotting up there and has been for some time and it's a potential danger spot. But then, of course, um, everybody builds somewhere else and in half a century it all moves along. The magma moves along and comes out somewhere else. So I don't really, you know, the implications for us are just that, not to forget that we live on volcanic islands. Um, and not to be alarmed by it. Um, I think that we've got the technology about as good as we can can have it now, the, the, the method of, of interpreting it. Donna, you don't know Barbara, but you've now heard her reports. I mean, she brings a very human side to everything she talks about. What, what are your impressions of her impressions, I suppose? Well, the first thing that crosses my mind is the way she said at one point that there was a moment where she allowed herself to be completely self-indulgent and sat in her car because she couldn't arrange accommodation. It was just too chaotic and late when she arrived. And so she sat in her car as close as she could get to the spectacle and suddenly thought, this is like the biggest firework display of nature. 
and it was just for her personally. And she allowed herself that moment of indulgence. And what occurred to me when, I, when she said that was last night, the, um, the Coast Guard was patrolling the whole uh, Portenage um, area because they are now very conscious that there is a wide bit of coastline in La Palma where this stream, this lava stream is going to arrive at the coast at some point. They thought it was going to do so yesterday, but it slowed down. As Barbara explained, we had this initial stream and that solidified rather quickly. And therefore, when further streams came down, they had to go around it. Exactly. I thought so, that was very so good explanation. So this created an almost like a delta rather than a stream. So if you imagine the, the Calcutta Delta, for example, in India, there are all these streams going into this one bay. Mm -hmm. And this is what is currently forming in La Palma. And that has slowed it all down. But when these various streams, which are now, could end up not far off a kilometer wide, when they reach the water, the sulfur dioxide that is being released by the volcano will cause an acid rain yeah. they say so there are all sorts of reasons why this stretch of water has to be kept absolutely clear they're patrolling it with guardians of and the coast guard and you name it they do not want any sea growing craft in that stretch of water because the water is going to boil there's going to be any amount of debris falling into it and there's going to be acid rain as well and the explosions last thing they, possibly as and explosions very likely exactly so they have been doing this and what reminded me what barbara reminded me of was when we have fireworks here at fiestas and particularly the virgen del carmen fiestas in the summer where we have these flotillas of little boats that go out precisely to watch these sort of spectacles and sure. here is nature providing one yeah but we can't go out to see yeah to see it we, we just can't like you we i have been doing some work with international media as well because we're kind of on their list and Absolutely. you know obviously they're coming to this as you know the 10th news story on their list today so they don't get it in a sense but i was saying to to one media yesterday when I decided to live here, I did realize I was living on a volcanic island. And especially when I had my kid, when I became a mother here, you know, you, you just automatically do a risk calculation in your brain, I think, when, when you know, you feel vulnerable or you don't feel vulnerable. So we all know that we live on volcanic islands. Um, added to that, as again, as Barbara was saying, the obvious expertise of the scientists and the volcanologists and the obvious preparation of the civil and emergency services has meant that I'm not panicked. And I live in another island, so I have no reason to be panicked. But while people are very sad, and as somebody said today, the security minister for one of the small villages and, and the boroughs, behind every you know, rescued person, there is a story of a house lost or a farm lost. Um, they are material damages. Threats to life and limb were avoided, not miraculously, by proper planning. And that has to be acknowledged and applauded. It, it most certainly does. And it, it, it is very telling that we have, it is by any stretch of the imagination, a small volcano. Look what it is achieving. <laughs> we live on a far bigger volcano. We, 
this is not something anyone who comes to live here has undertaken lightly because most people do know the sort of nature that we are dealing with. Having said all that, even the small volcano, as this new one is, is causing problems. In Cumbria, Vieja has this capacity to strike fear into the hearts of everybody because of sensationalist reporting over the years. That has been very... Vigorously. Uh, vigorously denied by with a lot of scientific evidence and proof that this is going to happen. There is no concern in any of the authorities' minds here, none, about a massive landslide and a mega tsunami. But the name itself has the capacity to make us fearful of this sort of thing. And so the authorities are very aware of this. And it is notable that right now there is um, a United Nations meeting that the whole world is actually going to, or at least the wealthy countries are going to in New York. Mm -hmm. And Spain was meant to attend. And Pedro Sanchez himself came to La Palma instead of going to New York. He postponed his own um, attendance at a very important climate, United Nations climate meeting, a, a precursor of the COP in, in, in Glasgow, Glasgow late, later this year. Boris Johnson is there right now. Sanchez was supposed to be there. Where is he? He is in La Palma. Every level of Spanish government has dealt with this in a very coordinated, calm and experienced way. And they have quite evidently made everyone feel this is completely under control, given yeah. the natural As situation. much as humanly possible. Exactly. And they have all been there doing their press conferences and their security meetings together in Volcan. The president of the Gobierno de Canarias, the Cabildo president, Pedro Martin from Tenerife as well, everybody together. And this has been the one message that I think has come across very loudly and clearly. This is being dealt with at a coordinated and co in a cohesive way, mm -hmm. a coordinated manner by every single level of government from the local Ayuntamiento through to the national government in Madrid. Exactly, exactly. It is an astoundingly, it is an astounding reaction to a natural disaster. And this is, I think, in no small this has had no small part to play in why everybody is behaving so calmly, despite yeah. the fact that yeah. we're watching scenes of people's livelihoods being yeah. And there's been no no blame. No, none, none. And I, because warnings were given as they should have been, yeah. Yeah. preparations were made. As we were saying earlier at the start of the podcast, even the television knew this was happening. They were there live. They had their back to it, but yeah. they were there live watching it. We could see it. I, I read somewhere that the the scientists were so well, they had monitored the situation so well that they were within a hundred meters in terms of their prediction as to where the first eruption would occur. I mean, they were yeah. there that much across this story. Absolutely, and, they were they were absolutely on, almost literally on top of it. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> but um, but what has taken them by surprise is what I mentioned earlier, and Barbara explained in, in some detail was that the original thing they thought would be a one stream down to the coast that they could contain, not contain, you can't contain this stuff, but, the, but they could contain their reaction to it because they exactly. knew where it they could going. plan for it. They could plan around it. Unfortunately, that did cool faster. So it created essentially, it created a lava tube. 
what will yeah. become a lava tube. And it could be quite a large lava tube that people will be able to walk in, like the Cueva de Vientos in yes, Laritava. These things are structurally fantastically interesting inside. But in the future, not down. now. In the future, not <laughs> right now. Um, but of course, as that cooled down, so it formed a barrier for new streams that were coming down and therefore it started to spread and that's when it became slightly more of an uncontainable issue. But yeah. even so, they are contained, the, the response has been contained. Yes, and yeah, yeah. All they are really doing now is, as Pedro Sanchez himself said, is we are very um, dependent on what nature does. We can't know what it's going to do. We can't know where it's going. We don't even know how long this is going to last. Weeks, or possibly months. Possibly weeks and months. I mean, they, they, I saw yesterday a, an Involcan, which is the Canarian Institute of Volcanology. Mm -hmm. They had a, um, a table of all the eruptions in that area in La Palma over the last several hundred years. And they say there was one in 1440 that they are aware of, but they have no data. And of course, this, there's a very simple reason uh, for that. And that is the Spanish weren't in the Canaries in 1440. Exactly. All our data comes from after the Spanish conquistadores. Islands, the conquistadores. And what we can see is that going back to 1700, there have been eruptions in this area. And the first two were very close together in the 1700s and they lasted for three months both of them. There was another one in about 1800 that lasted a couple of months. And then there's been one in 1949, I think, that lasted maybe one month. The one in 1971 lasted two weeks. So they've been getting shorter, shorter and shorter. Yeah. yeah. And yet this is all in the same area. So is this going to be a week or three months? Or And nobody knows. So we are what Pedro Sanchez says, estamos muy pendiente. Yeah, we, we, just, very, we just have to wait and see. And, and like happens. we said, this isn't a forest fire. This isn't floods. This is not, for once in recent years, it's not a case of a natural, of a climate change uh, invoked no. disaster. No. Um, I mean, somebody no, else was nature. saying, what, what's coming next? Great. The locusts, because it's it's biblical. <laughs> it's well, I tweeted true. yesterday. I guess it's it, I guess it's aliens next, is it? I mean, oh, it's aliens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just checking. You just know, checking. global economic crisis, Brexit, COVID, La Palma. Um, aliens. What's left? <laughs> just to be serious for one quick second, Janet Anscombe. Um, I tweeted on my personal tweet today a bank number that was uh, has been a bank account that's been created by the local authorities, which is for donations to La Palma. It's yeah. a La Caixa bank account. So, yeah. you know, people will need help. I know that people in La Palma are offering homes and houses and second holiday homes to people who have been displaced. But people will there will be a need for economic help and support. Um, yes. So, you know, I think both of us will probably be happy to post those kind of links over the next coming days and weeks. Absolutely. Um, it, it's the natural instinct, isn't it? How can I help? Yeah. And everybody wants to help. And if you're not actually on the spot, then money is um, often the only thing people can do. And obviously donations are going to be welcomed. What I liked reading this morning was that the um, there's a local, um, an official, uh, association of uh, psychologists, professional um, guild, I suppose, of, of psychologists in La Palma, and they are offering psychological help. Oh, that's good. Needs it 
free. Yeah, even, though these, even though these are counseling therapists who, who work professionally, they in this respect, they're offering their services free. Everybody's going to be pulling together for this. Nobody likes these scenes of lava streams coming down a hill and just burying houses. Engulfing, submerging. Engulfing, yeah. consuming. There is no power on earth. No, that can stop this. No, no. And there was a there was quite a um, a bit of laughter yesterday because there's a a, a Channel Six La Sexta in, in Spanish television, and one of the journalists there obviously just looking to fill the time that she had to fill as she was the film was running behind her, and she just had to come out with words to accompany the as, as we we've know. all been there. We've yes, all been yes. There. Phil, Phil, you've got five minutes. Phil, Phil you, you just talk for two minutes, please talk. And so she had to, a couple of minutes, she had to fill, and you could see her brain just desperately reaching for anything. And she said, well, what do we do when there's a fire? We call the Bomberos and the Bomberos are there. And you think, don't say the Bomberos are going to put out a volcano, please. <laughs> <laughs> Volunteer or not. <laughs> it is. The, the, one of the biggest, I suppose, silly statements and it wasn't in the end I don't think it was a silly statement it was very telling actually was from the Spanish tourism minister Reyes Maroto I was going to mention this said uh, who yesterday said well of course it's good for the tourism of the island because people are going to want to go and see and everybody said um excuse me people's houses are being consumed their lives aren't being lost but their livelihoods are being devoured and you're talking about tourist benefits please get real and yet, within 12 hours, there are people trying to get flights from Gran Canaria yeah. to go to La Palma yeah. to see the yeah. spectacle. Yeah. The Coast Guard and the Guardia Civil last night were beside themselves. No se acercan a la zona. A la... Basically, just... stay away. Stay the hell away from this area. Yeah. What's the matter with you? Or now. I mean, the thing is, people, <laughs> you know, it's not going to go away. It's still um, going to be there for a while. And it's yeah, and like you said, this lava tunnel will be created in a month, in a year, in 10 years. It will be a spectacular place to see. I have walked around the La Caldera of La Palma, the Taburiente, and it is, there still is a it's sense that you're walking yeah. in the crater of a volcano. Yeah. Because it's, Absolutely. and that's and, where and the 71 it, one was. Just, just to... Just to reassure people, we're not being complete killjoys here. And the Guardians well aren't being killjoys, telling people to stay away. The Coast Guard isn't being a killjoy, saying stay away from the zone in the, on the coast. It is very, very dangerous. Yes. And there is the, um, the constant possibility of further eruptions and tremors and acid rain now. But the and biggest, inhaling sulfur dioxide. And exactly, sulfur dioxide. This is not a good sort of thing to do. Um, but the biggest reason for asking people to keep away is that the emergency services really need free access to wherever they need to go. Yeah. So when Reyes Maroto is saying it's good for tourism, yeah, maybe in the future. But she wasn't being stupid. She was drawing attention to the fact that people are going to be going to try to see this because it is a tourist attraction. Yeah. And yet we cannot do this. We have to give the emergency services clear access to where they need to be. I'm and the that. other thing to to bear in mind, I mean, there have been a couple of people uh, posting on different forums saying, I've booked a flight to Tenerife next week. Will I still be able to fly? I'm going on my holidays. Yes. I mean, this isn't like the Iceland eruption. It doesn't seem to have affected flights or flight paths. 
So at the moment, certainly at no. the moment, yeah. Um, that seems to be good news, and there shouldn't be any worry about tourism on the bigger islands. Uh, and in fact, the, the tourists who were in Portonaus, again, praise for its due, the Ash Hotel, the Association of, of Hoteliers in Tenerife, the province of Tenerife, offered them, you know, places to stay in the south of Tenerife for free. And you know, that was done on the first day. So well done to Jorge Marichal for that. Yes. What, what I would say with regard to flights at the moment is Binter, which is the regional airline, mm -hmm. flies um, mainly between the Canaries, but also up to Madeira and across to Morocco. Um, they are saying that there is very little um, disturbance at the moment. There is the, the thing that is going to decide the level of disruption to flights will be this cloud, this ash cloud at the moment, Imagine it is going up 3,000 meters and going eastwards, slightly southeastwards. So it's going across La Gomera and the south tip of Tenerife and across towards Africa. That's that's its general direction. That's the flow. Like that. the that's the flow. Now that means that currently some air traffic has been affected in La Gomera. Okay. Because that's where the cloud is going across. Now nobody knows the direction of how the direction of wind will be maintained or wind speed at the moment this looks fairly stable and it shouldn't affect air traffic at all other than a few very local issues maybe with La Gomera but that can change at the moment AMET is saying absolutely no problem AMET is, is the Spanish weather authority and AINA is the Spanish airports authority and between okay. the two of them they're saying the weather and the airports are all operating normally and they are not anticipating any problem there's a third organization called Enaire which is although Aina look after Spain's airports Enaire look after Spain's airspace which is different and they which is different and they too are saying at the moment okay. there is no concern nor suspicion that international air traffic is going to be affected but we do have to watch this space because we don't know how this is going to evolve okay but at the moment no problem janet let's let's leave it there um and let's leave COVID for another day i think because this is the really the only story in town right now um and i think what might be interesting next week obviously we'll come back and we'll see what's happening but um with the, the announcements from the US on travel yesterday, and a couple of things have still to be confirmed there, the changes to travel restrictions or the easing of travel restrictions that are coming in on October 4th. Let's maybe take a step back and next week, if people are interested, what we could do is try and, and have just like a cut and dried look at what's going on in a couple of different countries. And I, I would like to talk about the different in place restrictions in various countries because you know i had different levels of safety in terms of how i felt when i was in in ireland and the uk and i just thought the rationale behind decision making wasn't as clear as i wanted it to be in certain places and if people are interested i th thought we could chat about that next week i think that's a very good thing because there are you have personal immediate personal experience now of these sorts of situations in different countries and we can we can have a look at uh, generally how the response develops now because we are at a different stage now at least yes. in the western world we are at a different stage and the the conversation has to some extent moved on to do we give boosters 
because we now know that um, uh, resistance can, immunity can actually decrease a little. Yes. Over time. Yeah. So do we give boosters or do we vaccinate the rest of the world? Because most yeah. of the world still hasn't. That's where the conversation now is. So it is worth looking at how, at least in our Western world environment, um, things are being dealt with differently by different countries. Yeah. And, and to see if we can find the whys as well. Yes. All right, then. Well, until then, Janet Anscombe, it's been lovely to talk to you. And yeah. you. Stay and safe. You. Everybody stay safe and don't go and watch the fireworks in La Palma. You will see plenty of them online, I am sure. Yeah, our, our, I mean, TV Canarias, which is our local television station, is running live feeds most of the day and find their website. And, uh, you know, there's a good journalistic crew there and it's well worth following them. That they are doing a stunning job. I mean, they are by their. I mean, they are flying at the minute because they are saying we are the only ones that have got this. There was a whole day before Spanish national yep. TV they were picked there. up on this. They had it twenty four hours, and they they were on the spot when it actually happened. And they are pleased with themselves. Let's see. Well, they've every they right are. to be because they've handled. And great. they do. Oh yes, congratulations to Canary and TV. They've done a stunning job. Bye everybody. Bye bye. Thank <laughs> you.